Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive, open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy's Fragrance Friday, and especially uh, this very special uh, masterclass series we have been doing with Veronique. Goodbye, but I'm so excited to be continuing it with this wonderful topic today. Welcome back, Veronique. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you. (laughs) I am too. I'm so happy that we're doing this series together. It's so fun. It's so fun and it's so informative. I feel like, you know, I learned something so, you know, just unique every time we walk away from our recording. So I'm, I'm very excited. And for everyone listening, today's topic is really going to be about um, the culture around perfumery and fragrance and scents and just in general, you know, I think that's a really interesting topic too, right, Veronique, because of the holidays coming up and, you know, um, really understanding how fragrances play a role in our culture. And, and who we are and how we live our lives, you know? So I would love to get started by really kind of understanding how you see the the role of culture in the fragrance um, realm, Veronique. Like what, it, you know, your like, I guess, overview of what you believe it to be like, yeah. you know, the relevance, yeah. You know, it's very interesting because uh, first of all, you have to go back a little bit in time and understanding how fragrance came to play a role in the lives of people, okay? So if you go really far away, a few thousand years ago, and by the way, we have found uh, traces of usage of perfume um, more than 5,000 years ago in, you know, in uh, artifacts of, you know, first human uh, societies. So perfume has always been part of the life of people. Originally, perfume was always used in two different ways, either as a connection to the spiritual, you know, in spiritual ceremonies, or as a ritual of seduction. You know, so it was always that, you know, the sacred and let's say the sexual, you know, it was always either or, which is very interesting. Uh, Spiritual, you know, it's always been about body, and mind okay and and soul so that's that's quite interesting uh but it has been used for thousands and thousands of years so that transcend if you will the culture as we know it in our modern times fragrance was always part of either the spiritual connection or the body and you know adornment which is very interesting no absolutely Uh, yeah yeah and people would use whatever they had so at the time in the in the very beginning of usage of perfume um people would use um resins uh, you know that smell a little bit like ember or they would use uh, you know a very fragrant flower that they would drop in oil you know 
or they would use um, uh, woods that they would burn and use as incense. So you you have uh, you know people use nature to uh, surround themselves with scent. So that's the very beginning. Then let's move on <clears throat> to a more modern world. Let's say 15th century, 16th century, 17th century. Yeah. Now it's the beginning of, let's say, the um, uh, uh, processing of perfume a little bit more like we know it today. And with this modern processing, which, you know, there was a little bit of enfleurage, which is basically using fat to gather the scent of flowers. You know, we would put flowers on layers of fat, between layers of fat, and then the fat would get the fragrance uh, in itself, and then they would use the fat in one way, form, or another. That was enfleurage. It was one of the first techniques to capture scent. And then oh, wow. the modern world started to understand how they could distillate uh, flowers. And so distillation became a process that was used, you know, in the 17th century, 16th century, 17th century. And with those um, technological advances, obviously perfume became more prominent, at least in, uh, you know, uh, the, um, let's say, more affluent uh, realm of societies. And the, the technology happened in Germany and in Italy, really. And that's where, you know, uh, the court of Catherine de' Medici started to use heavily fragrances. And what they would use is eau de Cologne because the technology was done in Germany in Cologne. So um, that's how eau de Cologne began. So when we say we use a Cologne is because it was one of the first um, you know, um, uh, fragrance as we know it, that that was uh, developed uh, at that time. Wow, so what yeah. happened there, and the reason I'm making this little bit of a, a, a you know, a journey into the past is to understand who use fragrance and how fragrance become part of the culture. It has become part of the culture more so in Latin Europe than anywhere else in the world. Because Catherine de Medici started to use heavily fragrances because she was very interested by the new technology around it. And so she started to use it heavily. And with Catherine de Medici, you know, she was Italian, that she lived in France. She was part of, you know, the royal family of France. And so suddenly Italy, France, and then also Spain started to use a lot of fragrances you know, from the royal family to the court into the affluent, uh, you know, society of those countries. And that's why Europe has always been way more in tune culturally with fragrance than any other areas of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, I love that. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. Like, I feel like you can teach a whole class about this. Like, <laughs> like we need to do like a history. Talk. No, that's so cool that, you know, how you describe that because it makes sense. You know, I, you're so right. You know, I've, I remember like, even in my travels, you know, um, scent is so embedded into the European, um, like just every day, you know, every single day like this. So in, 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 
Yeah, in Europe, it's every day and mostly Latin Europe, okay, because of that, because it started there. And so it had way more time to infuse the society as any other region of the world. Separately, in uh, the Middle East, okay, they mm. also had their own tradition of scent, different than the Western one, but they had their own tradition of scent. And that's why in the Middle East, same thing part of the culture you use fragrance all the time and you know in very religious societies of the middle east you pray five times a day and you have to wash before you pray so they wash five times a day and so they needed fragrances that would withstand the washing five times a day and that's why their sense is so much more powerful because it's part of the way you know, scent was used. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, reversely, in the US, US, you know, obviously, I'm not going to go into native uh, Americans, because I know nothing really of substance about it. So I'm not going to talk about it. But the pilgrims that came into the US and basically pioneered uh, the Western uh, world in the US, the pilgrims were Puritans, okay, at the beginning. Scent yeah. yeah. was not good. Scent was not acceptable. Scent mm. was like, you know, uh, a, a expression of futility and, uh, you know, not good. What was good was to be clean. What was good was to take care of oneself. What was good was to present a proper aspect of yourself. And right. so scent was not necessarily something that the puritanical society of the U.S. at the beginning of the, uh, you know, development of the U.S. accepted. And for the mm -hmm. longest time, until um, the uh, Second World War, scent was not really something that uh, the American would use. Not really. They would have yeah. some, but it was not that much. Only a few people would buy scent. You know, it was very expensive. It was it was really considered luxury or frivolous by most people. Then the GI brought back from Europe all of those fabulous scent that existed for so many years, uh, you know, in um, in Europe, and they brought them back with with them. And since suddenly fragrance became a little bit more accepted in the U.S. or coveted in the U.S. And then you had also the influence of more Hispanic immigration into the U.S. And the Hispanic always had a very strong tradition of scent because they came from Europe. So suddenly yeah. the U.S. was infused with more acceptance of a perfume as something more, um, I would say, um, you know, more usual. Yeah, but I mean, even then, though, I find it to be so interesting, everything that you, you just said, because in the U.S., perfumer, perfumery, and especially like, you know, just perfumes that are brought from Europe um, have been coveted in a totally different way. You know, it's like, I feel like you're, it, it, the way you've explained is so, so, you know, interesting psychologically when I look at it, because, you know, a lot of my friends, colleagues, you know, just fast forwarding to today. And even when I look at it as, you know, the culture of scent in the U.S., you know, as I was growing up, as I see it now, it's very like 
the way that people like covet their fragrances, the way they um, respond to a fragrance that comes from France versus something that was made in Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Like here, like it's totally different. It's this idea of like, I think people have this mentality of just if it's from Europe, the fragrance is just better, period. You know, and there's like, because, yeah. yeah and, I, and, and you have a good point here is because there's a tradition in Europe. Uh, there's a tradition in France of, of the craft of perfumery. Uh, the bulk of perfumery in the 17th century onwards was really based out of grass in France. So uh, uh, France really was the center of the craft for perfumery for a very, very, very long time. And by being at the center of the craft, obviously the artisans that were creating the craft became more and more sophisticated, became more and more knowledgeable. They truly had a craft. Um, I would imagine that if you were to say, um, you know, uh, cars, people don't think about France, you know, France yes, has yeah. a lot of cars, but it's not really their forte, you know, you're going to think Germany, you're going to think America, you're not necessarily going to think, or you're going to think Japan, you're not necessarily going to think about France, the place where craft is developed and perfected becomes the place of reference. Yeah. And today, yeah. it doesn't mean that America doesn't do beautiful scent. But it has not been, if you will, the place of reference. And so, um, um, you know, the, the uh, art and craft of perfumery has been established mostly in France, a little bit in Italy, a little bit in Spain, but mostly in France. And that's why France has become the place of reference. I love that. No, I, I love that. That makes so much sense. And, you know, I actually, you know, this makes me think, a lot about you know we're, we're talking about culture and the cultural aspects of fragrance and it makes me think of how people you know the comfort level people feel with scent and fragrance I mean I think that um here in the west we see such a such a difference you know in the behavioral aspect because people are just like you explained so wonderfully it's it's a new idea you know to have a scent I mean I can't tell you Veronique how many male colleagues I have that to this day they will not wear any yeah. kind of fragrance or scent on them like they don't believe in cologne they don't you just don't do it and I asked them I'm like well why not you know it's such a uh, I feel like it's just part of your day like you know you you just when you're getting ready in the morning but they're like no we don't feel like that you know they don't look at it that way at all but then I have met so many you know like for example if I'm working with a doctor that is from another you know culture like he's you know in, immigrated here he'll be wearing cologne and I'm Absolutely. like, well, he, he's clearly doing it. So what's wrong with, you know, doing it here if you grew up in the U.S.? So that's, you definitely see these, you know, these nuances and these changes um, even here, you know, day to day in your work life. Like you Absolutely. see. People, it, yeah. is, it is linked to what you have been taught. It is linked to what you have seen in your environment as a kid. It is linked to basically the collective culture of your environment. And if you're European, if you're uh, from the Middle East, if you are Indian, you're going to use a lot of fragrance. That's part of your habits. That's part of your upbringing. Um, if you were born in the U.S., probably less so, you know. Um, yeah. 
And, but that's changing, which is very interesting. I think the pandemic, the COVID pandemic has truly created a shift in the way that the Americans are looking at scent and using scent. Uh, you know, in the, in the US right now, in the last couple of years, we had phenomenal growth of the fragrance category in the US that is not explained by just newness or, you know, it is truly cannot be explained, but by the seismic shift in consumption. And I think what has happened is that during the pandemic, um, the American uh, public, the American people have realized what the European people have realized long time ago or other cultures have lived with for many, many centuries is that fragrance is part of your daily routine because it makes you feel good. And, yeah. and you know, in Europe or in Middle East or in uh, India, people use scent not for the outside world. They use scent for themselves because they love uh, what scent does to them. And so when you love something for yourself, you're going to be inclined to use it and use it and use it and use it every day. In the U.S., because of the culture that came from the puritanical world of the U.S. for ages, you know, scent was little by little infused into daily life, but more as a special occasion. OK, you're yeah. wearing a scent because you have an interview, you're wearing a scent because you have a date. But during the pandemic where we had so little uh, to our, you know, to our uh, of access, people were mm. using more scent because scent was an escape. Scent would be a nice little pick me up. And then I think there was a shift in the perception of scent in the U.S. into something that people realize they can do for themselves. And as you start thinking of scent for oneself, then you start buying it for you and use it every day. And that's where we see that extraordinary growth in the U.S. market. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Wow, I never really uh, put that together. You know, you're so right because yeah, fragrance has definitely boomed, you know, now I'm seeing so many people talk, not only talking about it, but they're discussing, you know, for example, an article I saw today, right before we connected, Veronica, it was about how, you know, the next step in fragrance and scent might be people incorporating it into their home and the architecture of their home. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, coming from a completely different, you know, culture, I was raised in Indian culture, I, I'm like, well, we've been doing that. <laughs> like, you know, the I like the concept of incense, you know, like yeah. the concept of, of these these wonderful oils that, you know, I always like saw my mother utilize in some way that was very effortless in a way, right? It was not this thing that we made a fuss about. We just did it. And it was part of the culture, like you explained, it was part of the the ritualistic nature of what it feels like to live, you know, to every day live a, a fulfilled day you know it's part yeah. of your day it's not something that stood out it's not something that you explained to anybody it was just there um very much ingrained in her in her daily habits so i think that's a really really interesting um you know angle that you you introduced us to because yeah it's definitely booming you know the u.s markets are booming right now for fragrance but at the same time i think people are re they're you know, I think rediscovering what so many cultures have known for so long, which is um, exactly what you said, you know, this lifestyle, this um, 
elevated lifestyle that occurs, you know, on a daily basis. Um, yeah. It's very, very meaningful and it's, it's really worth um, investing in. And I think people are definitely, definitely recognizing that. You know, no, no, for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, also the other thing that is quite interesting, even if you don't relate to the origin of usage of scent, is how people perceive scent, you know, and what they like, what they don't like, because obviously scent is very personal and we've discussed this. It's really linked to your um, reptilian brain and your limbic system. So it's really about your instinct and your emotions and your memories. And so it's very, very personal. Uh, but at the same time, there's very strong influences uh, from your environment, your cultural environment. And uh, there are um, collective memory that play a role. There's a collective culture that plays a role in what you're going to like in scent and what you are not going to like in scent. Uh, you know, uh, you, not everybody likes the same thing around the world. And that's truly related to the culture and the environment in which you live. Right. No, that's so true. And it's it's very interesting, you know, just um, watching people as they incorporate the fragrance as well, right? It's like, you know, the way that a person does it, you know, in the, like you said, like in the Middle East versus here is so different. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, the first, you know, introduction to this in the Western world was, I, I kid you not, I'd gone to this a museum like an exhibit on Cleopatra was playing oh, right yeah. at, at the local museum and uh it was a history museum and I went to that and one of the things that they really highlighted in that specific exhibit was her love of fragrance and um you know little kids could buy little souvenirs afterwards and I think I remember you know one of the souvenirs was this beautiful glass vial with like you know a glass um rod that goes into it you know like how they used to do fragrance um with the oils back in the yeah. day right and you put yeah. the little bit and so when I saw that I mean this was many years ago but when I saw that I was like you know look at how deeply ingrained this has been you know in the different cultures and look at how it's such a it's a nonchalant thing to them but for us we look at these things oh my gosh that's so amazing you know that's so intriguing it's so mystical um but you know they were fragrance has always been used as a tool in many cultures you know it's 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 a way to accomplish something else like you said you know whether that's psychological or even something like seduction you know Cleopatra yeah. was known for mixing you know scents and mixing different oils and stuff and now like you know we, we look at the western world and fragrance and we see people finally talking about layering your perfumes you know layering them and making the perfect scent for you but this concept again has been around for many many centuries absolutely and and you yeah. know what you say it's a tool yes it's a tool for self-expression it gives yeah. you the courage of being who you are uh, it's a tool for seduction, for sure, because you feel more confident when you have a perfume on. It's not going to transform you into Marilyn Monroe if you're not Marilyn Monroe, but it's going to give you the confidence to exude, you know, who you are. And if you're confident, you're sexy. OK, um, yeah. so it's it's also a tool for escape. Uh, you feel a little down, you put a little perfume you escape somewhere else. So it's a wonderful thing to use. But it's very interesting to me, you know, as I uh, develop perfume and, and as, you know, along, you know, my career, I had to manage um, major businesses all around the world is to see how people react to different type of scent 
now the, the frontiers are a little bit more blurred because people travel a lot and, and there's many different type of influences that we received, but there's, there's still, you know, some very strong um, collective uh, taste, collective memory and collective culture of scent. Um, you know, for example, uh, you know, the, the, in, in, in France, in, by and large, people really love more sensual, more woody, more ambery scent. Uh, you go into the Middle East, you really go far into that embery, woody, smoky feel. Um, you go to the US, we're still a, a, a country that likes more floral, fresher scent, even though the woody and darker scent are coming to play. You go to Asia, completely different, completely different. If yeah. ever they wear a fragrance, it will be more luminous, more, more light, more, more fresh. So there's a very strong distinction in terms of taste. And that really is about the environment in which you live, the temperature in which you live, the humidity in which you live, and also the culture that you have with scent. We don't even use the same words to describe why we like a fragrance or, or another. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would love for you to actually give us an example of that, the about the word and the verbiage, uh, Veronique, because I think that's really important. And, you know, especially now, because, you know, I, I thought of one thing when you were explaining what you just did was that right now in the U.S., I'm seeing that fragrance is now being tied to this new culture, quote unquote, which we now are calling the self-care ritual. You know, right of our day and so people are now gravitating towards this which is a wonderful thing don't get me wrong but it's like we keep trying to give reasons why we're using fragrance and I just don't know why we do that because it's like you don't need to explain why you know you just do it it's just part of your day you know it's, it's like for you yeah. but I think that for a country that has never looked at scent as a daily routine now that you feel like you want it to happen, you have to rationalize it, okay? Yeah. Again, again yeah. fragrance is, is linked to your instinct and your emotions, okay? So you don't even know why you're liking a fragrance or you don't like a fragrance. You don't know how to express it. You can just say, I like it, I don't like it. Really, at the end of the day, that's what that's what it is because it's instinctive. And and so the the what what happens is that we are highly cortex-driven type of people, right? Our brain has developed so much in the cortex and so little in the instinctive or the emotional or the intuitive that we, we are animals that are trying desperately to rationalize everything we do. Um, and, and that's why, you know, instead of saying, oh, I love it and that's why I'm using it, we're going to try to explain what has changed in our lives in a rational <laughs> fashion. Okay, that's yeah. what it is. With scent, that's what it is. It might not be with other things, but with scent, clearly that's what it is. Now, to give you an example, which is very interesting, you know, again, we have hard time expressing why we love a perfume because we don't have the words, you know, to describe olfaction. Uh, so we usually borrow from music or from colors or whatever. And, and when we like something, we're going to tend to rationalize why we love it yeah. instead of just saying, I love it. And yeah. so it's, so it's very interesting because when I was again, managing those uh, mega businesses around the world, 
it was very interesting to me because if we we had like one fragrance, let's say, and we would want to launch it on a global basis. And, you know, so we would talk to people around the world. And what we found out is that the words that are used to say why you like a perfume change from a place to another. And it's very closely related to the culture of that country and to what is deemed appropriate in the culture of that country. So mm. let's take fragrance A. It's the same fragrance. We're going to test it in France. We're going to test it in Germany. We're going to test it in um, the US. Okay, same fragrance, same yeah. exact fragrance. Nothing changes. The French lady who's going to like fragrance A is going to say, I like it because it is sensual. Okay. Yeah. The American lady that's going to like fragrance A is going to say, I love fragrance A because it is fresh and clean. The German lady who likes fragrance A, she's going to say, I love fragrance A because it is sporty and elegant. Yeah. It's yeah. the same fragrance. It is described <laughs> in three different ways in three different cultures because yeah. people use the word that is deemed appropriate in their culture to explain why they like a perfume. Yeah, no, that's such such a brilliant way to explain it. I mean, you're so right. Yeah, I mean, I think that people, they just, they look for, you know, and it's interesting the words they use too, you know, yeah. like, for example, like, um, you know, let's take one of yours, like, I love your Love your line. You know, I'm obsessed with Thank it. <laughs> every day. Your line's an everyday ritual for me, by the way. I'm oh, just letting everyone so know. So happy. <laughs> on my on my second bottle already of the heart fragrance from oh, Aroma. Good. Just letting That's everybody so know. <laughs> obsessed. I'm obsessed. But you know, I, I really I think it's so cool to think about what you just said because even the words they're using, like, oh, it feels very like, you know, like luxury or like, you know, those kind of words still come up in some, you know, in some places. And I'm just like, I don't think that's an explanation, you know, of like how this feels, but it's, it's still, it's still interesting to see that. And you're so, so correct when you say that, you know, it is so much about what is acceptable in a culture. I mean, yeah. you know, I know that, for example, you know, just to add on to what you were describing, Eastern cultures and Middle Eastern cultures are very conservative. So they're not going to talk about sensuality, sexuality, um, you know, this makes me feel more, you know, sensual or attractive. They're not going to say those things because you know let's be honest their culture doesn't allow for it you know um it's just that i think it's interesting to watch us in the u.s come to our own understanding and our own way of expressing how we feel and so you know it's it's a really really i think new air like new area of discussion you know in terms of really evaluating culture as a part of the perfume um you know making and and brainstorming process right like it must be it must be something you 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 know uh incorporate in your uh system when you're thinking of fragrance is it not yeah so when when i'm developing fragrance because of the bias of culture if you will yeah what i try to do when i have people smell my fragrances is let them express you know the words that they want to use but what I'm very attentive to is the body language um, because that doesn't lie, okay? And, uh, and you can see if a person loves a fragrance or not. 
through the way that the body starts to um, react. And it's, it's quite fascinating, actually. Um, the other thing that I would say is that, you know, you kind enough to mention uh, heart in my aroma line, which really is slightly different than traditional perfumery, because in aroma, we not only use the principle of perfumery, but we also mainly use the principle of aromatherapy. So we cross over aromatherapy and perfumery to give tangible benefits to people. So what I wanted to do with Aroma is go beyond the words that people would say to express what the fragrance does for them, because really with Aroma, we have tangible benefits that happen, uh, but we measured them uh, through a neuroscientific study. Uh, so we, we don't ask people to necessarily say the words, but we measure what happened in their brain when they smell and wear the fragrance, which again, that doesn't lie. So um, that's very interesting because you have to go beyond the words one way or another uh, to really understand how a person appreciates the fragrance. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and I definitely see that, you know, with, with aroma, I, I, I definitely see the intentional, you know, aspect of what you just said, because I feel that, you know, I'm going to be one of those people that says this is like life changing for me because it is, it's, it's become part of my ritual, you know, so I definitely see that there is um, a much more intentional tie to the neurocognitive part of things, you know, with the aroma line, because you really do get into a mindset when you're using any of the three fragrances. And I, and I really, really love the whole line, you know, but in general, generally speaking, it's like, you know, I know in my mind, like, you know, Veronique Gabay fragrances has become part of my ritual. You know, it's part of my every day. And so, so happy, yeah. so happy. <laughs> I really mean, I, I mean it. And it, it's truly not flattery. It's more of like a, you know, I'm trying to show people that it's very easy if you find the right like, you know, it's like a switch that turns yeah, on, right? Yeah, with fragrance, it Veronique, it's like, yeah. well, exactly what you said. It's either works or it doesn't. Yes or no, you know? And yeah. with your line, for me, as a person, personally speaking, it really is a yes. And so when I use it, it's natural. It comes without thinking. It doesn't involve me rationalizing. It's like, this, this smells good. This yeah. makes me feel good. I'm going to do it, you know? So that whole you know, uh, what do you call it? That whole thought process to action thing that's occurring is almost, you know, subconscious at that point, because like yeah, you said, yeah. you know, yeah. fragrance is tied to so much more than what we can express. It's, it's, it's so linked to things like habit formation and, you know, all of these different words we can use, you know, and I can talk to you about this all day, but, but it really does become part of your ritual. You're part of your life. And that's yeah. where the culture is so intriguing is that yeah, you know absolutely. yeah you, yeah. And, you know, with perfumes, really, it's really about, you know, what it triggers in terms of your emotional response. With aroma, it goes beyond the emotions. And that's why it's so interesting because the, the formulas have been designed to really help you, literally help you mentally and physiologically. When you smell aroma, there's an immediate response of feeling better because the fragrance make you feel better. And yeah. so to me, once you get used to wearing aroma, it's very hard not to use them because you feel the yeah. It's true. No, it's so true. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, yep, 
I it's like washing my... your teeth. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> I wash my teeth, I feel clean. If I don't wash my teeth, I don't like it. I need to go and wash my teeth. And I think it's stupid to say that, but with Aroma, the minute you stop using it, you feel the difference. So you want to use it every day. You know, it's a it's a very different thing. With my line of perfumes, you know, the perfumes were not designed like Aroma were, but I think my line of perfume really is about this moment of escape. So it's a, a moment that gives you joy. Um, it with Aroma, it's, it's almost like something you need to do uh, every day because... Um, because you feel better for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely, completely agree with you. I mean, and you know, going to your line of perfumes, like I like alternate, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, I'm still yeah. using the the whole line, but it's like, I'm, I'm alternating, like, you know, one yeah. day I'll use one scent, another day, another exactly. scent. Yeah. So, but with aroma, it's like, no, this is my go-to. Like I yeah. immediately grab for it. You know, if I'm walking out the door, if I'm about to go somewhere, or if I'm even just sitting around and I just need a refresher, you know, it does. Yeah. It's so ingrained in my day to day that I don't even think about it anymore. You know, it's like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, I think that's, that's a testament to your, your craftsmanship and your, your true, you know, just, uh, mastery of your craft because it's it's really about creating things that are like a no-brainer you know what I mean and I think that's what really molds culture if I'm honest you know um I've seen it growing up here you know the things that have I consider to be part of the culture you know as uh, both Indian American and person you know that was grown up here is things that just make me feel good you know what I mean and, it, and it's like the more and more you discover them more the more you realize what your own personal culture is and yeah. this idea of personalization of culture I think is now finally coming to the the top of the conversation you know what I mean because like yeah. you said COVID happened you know we we sat alone with ourselves we yeah. sat alone with our minds and yeah. it made us really think about what do I want you know, what do I care about? And, and how do I, what makes me feel good? And those things I think are all definitely um, things that get, you know, they get accelerated if you have a line like that you really like, you know, so I really urge everybody. Yeah. Like if you like a perfume and you haven't been using it as much, start using it more because it's going to make you start thinking more about what do I like, you know, yeah. What are my I think preferences? So, Ekta, what has happened during the pandemic, and that I think is universal, is yeah. the need to connect with nature. Um, I think that when you are going through very challenging times, you need to ground yourself so that you can sustain the chaos around you. And uh, the uh, the way that you ground yourself is either because you're a very aware person and you feel you know a, a very deep connection to your own self but mo- for most people is also connecting to nature because nature gives you that strength that inner strength and and probably uh, one of the things that has happened during covid intuitively people have connected more with nature uh, and they want to be more outdoors and they want to have a garden and they want to have a little rooftop terrace where they can plant a couple of herbs and tomatoes. And, you know, whatever expression it is, that connection to nature becomes fundamental for people. And that is across the globe. And I think that what will happen also with perfumes is that that connection to nature 
probably, and that's my, you know, that's me saying it, I will become more prominent. Um, um, I think it will become more important for people. And so, you know, my line has always been very anchored in culture, very rooted in nature. And um, uh, this rooting in nature is part of the craft that, that I love. And so all of my perfumes are highly concentrated in natural ingredients. And Aroma, as you know, is 100% natural. So um, this connection to nature through scent, I think, is very fundamental. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant point, actually. You know, I I don't think we really even acknowledge it, you know, in our day to day is how much you're right. We're so connected to nature. And if you're inside for too long, I mean, you crave smelling the trees and the grass and the, you know, just you want to be in a place that reminds you from a fragrance standpoint of mm-hmm. nature. And that really does drive what we go after when it comes to things we can buy that are synthetically creating that experience for us, you know? So I think that's, that's, that's a brilliant point. I mean, I think for me, Veronique, the biggest question I have for you, especially when it comes to the culture of fragrance is how does, how is it, you know, when you, when you've crafted something that you really believe in, right. And you've, you pretty much have feel like this this fragrance is done you know it's complete it's the way I want it to be all that and then someone has a response that's I don't know like maybe on the more culture like how do you respond to those kind of things I mean I'm just curious from your perspective as an expert in perfumery you know how does culture play a role for you you know on on a day-to-day as you're crafting as you're listening to your customers give you feedback you know and, and all that how does that work for you well I think you know listen, you're a human being. So you're going to put into the things you do, what you love, what you like, what what is important to you. But when um, you try to do something, um, you know, either you stay in your bubble and that's your bubble and it's fine. And that's what you represent. And that's what you give to the world. Um, At the same time, my bubble, if you will, has always been one of incredible curiosity as regard to other cultures. At a very young age, I traveled the entire world because I wanted to go towards people I did know nothing about. I wanted to understand other cultures. I wanted to see how other people live, what other people love. And so my bubble, if you will, is obviously heavily inspired by the Mediterranean where I was born heavily inspired by the south of France where I lived as a young adult. So that's my bubble. But this bubble has always been infused with the culture of other region. You know, as a kid in the south of France, you know, um, summers were filled with people that would come from all over the world. And as a kid, I was listening to so many different languages. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to know more. So that sense of curiosity has always been part of what I do. So I always created a bridge between what I am, which is I am deeply Mediterranean. Before I'm French, I'm Mediterranean. And a bridge towards other cultures. So infusing my world with other cultures. And so, um, so my bubble, if you will, is one of multiple influences. Yeah. Yeah. And multicultural. I love that. I really love that you, you, you know, that you have that mindset because I kid you not, I think, you know, people really underestimate the value of when you go and try, 
like whether it's through travels or whether it's through experiences, even especially, you know, in your younger years, you take parts of people's culture and you make it a part of your own. And that's yeah. a beautiful yeah. thing. And I think that's so unique and probably why I am obsessed with everything you create, because <laughs> I mean, it, it really comes through that you understand. And, and I think that, um, you know, that connection that you create for your consumers, you know, when we're using your fragrances, it's, it's like nothing else I've ever experienced. I mean, I've, I've loved fragrance my whole life, you know, and I, like we talked about in this episode, you know, it's been in my culture at home. I've seen my mother, but like when, for me, I really mean it when I say, well, your, your perfumes are so unique to me compared to everything else I've used, because it's like, I can't go a day without having those scents on me you know what I mean it's, I've oh, never so been like nice. that with, yeah. it's so nice Ekta. but you know it's there's this beautiful tradition in every culture you know I think that the the French tradition of perfumery is really this beautiful uh, concoction if you will that you put on yourself but there's the bath tradition both on the other side of the Mediterranean or in Asia it's an amazing culture of scent you know, it that goes through water more so than traditional uh, perfume making. You have the fabulous tradition of smoke in Japan. That's how scent is used, is through the Kodo ceremony, which is burning of woods. You have that amazing tradition that you have in India of the atars, where it's a concoction of woods and flowers all the time. You know, different way to extract the scent. Uh, there's a, a fabulous tradition of, you know, um, a, a cleanliness in some areas of the world where suddenly being super fresh and clean becomes part of what smells good. So there's a lot of different things. So there's the, uh, the splash in, um, in Spain where, or in Italy where scent is done with a very light fragrance that you do in the beginning of the day. There's many different ways to appreciate scent and and there's something very beautiful about it and and if we can uh, build something around it that uh, create a ritual every day i think it's fantastic absolutely and and beautifully said you know i think that's definitely something to take away from this conversation for everyone tuning in is just you know really rethink what we understand about culture and and how we see fragrance throughout the day you know it's it's very interesting learning what you said about you know um the different ways that people utilize it throughout the world, because you're absolutely right. You know, it's, um, it's when we talk about culture and it being ingrained in the culture, it's like, you know, the home smells like it, their office smells like it, you know, something in their whole life, like in their whole day, wherever they go, like something reminds them of the fragrances that play such a key role in their culture and I think this is you know it's there worldwide and I it's really time for I think American consumers to figure out what that is for us like I mean I'll I'll tell you off the bat you know for example this time of year right we associate it with what you know comfortable things yeah and you know I think now I'm starting to see more like coffee fragrances come out I've never seen them before you know on my Instagram (laughs) I was like where is this idea of coffee fragrance coming from you know and and so I realized that oh it's that time of year and maybe part of the American culture is that we like coffee so much I mean we want to you know have a perfume that smells like it you know that that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with that no nothing wrong with it um, but it's just at the end of the day, whatever you do with scent, scent is making you feel better. 
um, you know, making you feel good, or in the case of aroma, truly tangibly making you feel better. And so, um, you know, whatever you do, it's it's fine. But but it's um, at the end of the day, perfume is not going to cure cancer. Perfume is not going to solve the problems of the world. But perfumes give you a smile, gives you a moment of joy, gives you a moment of peace, and so if, a moment of escape. And I think that it helps with feeling uh, good uh, during the day and and taking the day in a, in a more positive approach. Well, it may inspire you to cure cancer, yeah. you know? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you know. I mean, you never. I mean, I I love it though. I I love the whole. But, uh, but the it whole does idea. help, you know. Even when people are sick, having that we we know that scent, a good scent, can can help, you know, give a more positive out outlook to people, and they they are um you know stronger in in dealing with difficult um situation. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really, really think that, you know, there's a lot of power behind scent. And I definitely am on board with the, especially the neurological, you know, findings yeah. and the data, because, you know, for I was really thinking about this um, throughout the conversation, Veronique, was when you had mentioned the, you know, America and the way everything began here, you know, with the way that people were. And then I started thinking about, you know, well, America, you know, being such a young country, we were also very heavy into like, for example, the men would go out into coal mines and, you know, taking a shower at the end of your day or a bath was a part of that because the work that was being done was so nitty gritty. It was so like, you know, getting down and, and they would physically get dirty. So maybe this, I, this obsession with fresh and, you know, just citrusy and fresh and just, it, it's a renewal you know, and I think we look at, we look at it like renewal in the West or not in the West, but especially in America, when we have this fresh scent that usually comes after a shower or it comes after a bathing ritual. And, you know, that is so interesting to me because it makes me think of like, you know, Roman times, right? Like Roman bathhouses and stuff. Like, you know, you think about all of the, all of the culture that's led to the feeling you get after you take a bath that all ties in, you know, it all comes back, um, you know, forward. It's, it's like a constant cycle. And I, and I really find it to be very intriguing um, that we are, you know, a society that reflects that we like to be clean. We like to shower a lot. You know, we like to, we like to have those fresh citrusy um, scents all around us though. And thank I find God, it too- thank God, yeah. it's a much better way to be quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I know some places that could use a lesson from that. Yeah. I yeah, know. <laughs> for sure. Uh, um, but, but yes, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting play and, you know, uh, uh, you, you look, look, the scent of comfort also, you know, in, in America, yes, you talked about coffee. I think the apple pie is the ultimate scent of comfort for, um, for America. And you know what? It doesn't smells of apple. It smells of cinnamon. So for people, the apple pie smell in America is not apple, it's cinnamon, and it's very interesting because um, that's really an American thing, and uh, and so culture plays in many different ways, and and it's a it's a fascinating um, topic to to look into and to understand a culture. You have to understand their scent. 
Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I hope that everyone tuning in, you guys have learned as much as I have, which I always do with Veronique. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I I enjoyed uh, recording it and I would love to hear your thoughts and your feedback and how does culture play a role for you, you know, as a consumer in fragrance? Let us know. Um, I'd love to hear from you in your in comments or you can email us, whatever you want to do, but definitely chime in on this conversation and let's keep it going. But Veronique, as always, thank you so much. This was such oh, a lovely conversation. Thank you, Ekta. It was always uh, a pleasure. And I hope everybody um, uh, enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. <laughs>